The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't help but feel good. I can't help but feel fine. Everything is in its place and all of it is mine. Hello, my name is Tom Donovan, and I'm here with my co-host, Gail Brennan-Nastasia, author of The Fruit You'll Never See. We want to welcome you to our show, All Things Recovery. We are currently sponsored by Sobriety Centers of New Hampshire, which is brand new, new sponsor. Here we discuss all topics regarding mental health, substance abuse, treatment options, and the mental health system itself. We will cover all these topics by inviting guests from all facets of recovery, treatment, enforcement, and policy. The door is wide open and we want to be a resource for you. Uh, we take topic suggestions. We welcome feedback. This show is always dedicated to my friend and recovery warrior, Craig Barnaby, who dedicated his life to the well-being of others. Today, our guest is Christopher Alexis, who is a clinical mental health counselor. Christopher, welcome to our show. Thank you, um, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Gail, for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Gail, uh, Gail, sorry, Gail. <laughs> Chris, I think we're all stumbling today. Yeah. So, Chris, I think it's best that you kind of introduce yourself to our audience and kind of tell them what you do and how you got here. Um, well, I'm Christopher Alexa. I am a recovering alcoholic. Um, I am a clinical mental health counselor and... Um, like, and a recovery warrior at best. Uh, I love all the different modalities and ways to recover from um, any form of trauma or neglect or abuse or substance use, uh, death, breakup, um, really doesn't matter what it is, we all go through it. And um, I'm a strong advocate in the fact that we don't have to do this alone. Um, like nobody should suffer in silence ever. Um, and it sh definitely takes like a certain amount of strength and courage to, to admit something, yeah. um, whether you have a problem or you're going through some serious stuff. Um, like there's always a resource available. There's always somebody that um, has gone through it, that has experience, that can help you. Um, and it really doesn't matter what what it is that you're going through. Like, you, you just don't have to do it alone. Like, that's the... Why don't you back up a little bit and tell the people watching what you experienced and how you came to be where you are because you didn't start out. This wasn't your path initially, right? Yeah, definitely not, you... not. Definitely not. So, yeah, I can back up. Gail I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> nervous. Um, so, like... I don't I, like I could start off as a childhood like I had a normal childhood as far as the eye could see. Um, I have a full brother, a half brother and a step brother. Um, I really didn't know where I fit in my family. Yeah. Um, so there was always like this genuine disconnect um, between me, family and the bonding of my brothers. Like we're close, but yeah. not necessarily close in the sense, you know, um, where I could, you know, do anything or say anything and or tell them anything um, that 
I don't know. It was just one of those things where like I had this internal condition, this internal narrative that I that I was always afraid to speak what was going on or how I felt. And more importantly, I was a kid and I didn't really have a language to speak. I didn't really have um, the vocabulary to be able to to really express what was going on. And um, and I was more afraid of the fact that if I did express it, um, you know, my parents and my, my family would think that I'm crazy. Right. And, uh, and, and I've had a couple of times where I did express that. And it was like the anger management and the psychotherapy and all that type of stuff. And so you had services as a child, services as a child. Yes. Um, you know, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't present for my own experience. So that came across to other people as like, maybe I had like a learning disability or an attention uh, disorder. I had multiple, um, like uh, tutoring and, yeah. you know, resources for tutoring and stuff like that. And they always found that I was smart um, and that I could do the, you know, the work and comprehend it. Um, but I was just filled with such self-centered fear that, that like I was afraid to actually demonstrate what yeah. I was capable of. Cause then it would become like a responsibility. So, you know? so you picked, you picked up drugs. I picked up drugs at an early age. My first drink was at age 11. Um, I, 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 I snuck it. You know, I was not acting. I was acting in a way in, in which children do, you know, if they're in dire need of attention. Right. Do, do you think that that was um, a way to medicate because you had this underlying stuff going on? That was, I mean, I didn't know that until back then. You know, I was restless. I was irritable, discontent. I, um, I was like always filled with like my own doubts, my own insecurities. And, and I didn't know what they were, which was fear. Um, but when I did, you know, when I, when I did ingest, uh, you know, mind or mood altering substance, like all those cares, all that stuff went away. And I asked that because, I mean, a lot of people think they have mental health issues when they have, you know, alcoholism, drug addiction. And in the alternative, a lot of people think that they're, you know, that they're trying to medicate because they have this mental health, this underlying mental health yeah. stuff going it's on. It's almost like you didn't know what you had, mm -hmm. but the way you arranged it or the way you managed it or the way you escaped it was through a substance. Yeah, I mean, everybody always told me of a place where I needed to be. You know, Christopher, you need to find some sort of peace, a serenity or something like yeah. that. But nobody ever really told me how to get there. Um, and so, you know, it was like drug-fueled, alcohol-fueled, self-will run riot, you know, um, you know, tons of arrests, DWIs, um, you know, just schisms between all my friends, my family. Yeah. It was it was a lot, you know. My family worried a lot. Um, so you know. what happened? And inevitably, inevitably, to change that. To um, towards towards the end of it, you know, I was real like I didn't know that I was praying. I didn't know that I was hoping. I didn't know that I was wishing, which is all the same thing. Um, I really just wanted it to end, you know. Like I didn't want to die. I didn't know how to live, and I didn't know how to like be responsible at, when it ended. Like I had, I was married, had a kid, had a house, career, the whole nine, and. Um, and like, I just, I couldn't do, I couldn't function or do anything or feel worthy of having these things, knowing that like I'm hiding this, this, um, this cosmic problem within me. And, uh, 
So what brought you to your knees? I was arrested. I was incarcerated. I got to spend um, a lot of time thinking about the questions that always ruled my life. Like, when is this going to end? Who is going to help me? Where am I going to go? Like, how do I keep on putting myself in this position? And like, why can't I stop on my own willpower? This, this thing that ruins my life every time I pick it up. And, uh, and what alcohol and drugs did for me, it allowed me to not have to answer those questions, you know? And you always need a bottom, you know, there's always that debate mm -hmm. that you, you need a bottom to kind of figure things out. Was that your case? That was my case. For sure. You know, I mean, I don't necessarily think that consequence has to be a bottom, but I think bottoms are, they're looked and perceived as outside of the internal self. And, mm. and the bottom really for me was like the, the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the, the fears, the doubts, the insecurities, and like the restlessness, irritability, and discontent. Like that was like, I couldn't, I was utterly baffled, completely bamboozled at the fact that like I got myself in that situation. Yeah. Like I made those conscious decisions or unconscious decisions to, to just do whatever I could to just get right enough. Like I, like I spent my life, you know, wanting to be everybody other than myself and in a different place other than I was. And, and I chased that and I, and, and everywhere I was there, I, there, there I am. You know? That's inevitable. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I worked with his mom? No. Yeah. I used to work with Christopher's mom. Oh, so yeah. small. Yeah. Well, well uh, it's a small world and, and I hope you don't mind. I talk no, about no, this, absolutely. but his mom knew I was a counselor and was, um, and it's, and it's amazing that we actually met because his mom was always worried about her son, like a, like a mom would. And, you know, how do I help my son? How do I help my son? So your addiction impacted you and, and impacted the, it's, it's a family disease and it impacted your entire family. And I just remember those discussions. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like I, you know, the more and more I get involved in recovery and like, you know, I always, I always look to the, to the senior members and the people with experience and, um, and like I hear these stories and I just heard that one today. Like I never, like being a person in recovery and being a person fueled with addiction, like you don't, you, you, like I was so selfish and self-centered that I couldn't even put myself in anybody else's shoes. And just to hear, like, you know, I knew that my mom dealt with me, you know, in the yeah. quietness of her own space at night, you know, but I didn't know that like she voiced her concern, her concerns to other I people. No, 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 no. Like it, it, it's, it's a different perspective because like, yeah. you know, even in recovery, like I know people, I've actually met people who, who met my bio, that knew my biological father. Yeah. And I only, I only have very few memories of him. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I spoke my name and they were like, that's your last name. I was like, yeah. They were like, is this, is this your father? And I was like, yeah, you knew him. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we knew him, you know? Um, but it's just, it, it's weird to, to, to hear that type of stuff, you know, yeah. like when you don't think about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Cause when I, when I met you, I was, I, I was on the, I was on the porch of the yellow church and, yeah. and I don't know, like the, the way that I entered into recovery, um, it, 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 it wasn't forced and, and, it, yeah. and, 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 you know, I, like I don't get credit for it, you know, like I was supposed to be on five years of probation yeah. and I took like every little coincidence that, that happened within like the first year, yeah. um, 
as like this, this, this guiding force to keep me where I was at, you know, in that, in recovery. And it's funny, like people do for you what you can't do for yourself. God does for you what you can't do for yourself. Um, But like I had an experience in recovery where, where like somebody, like they didn't have to do it. You know, what I didn't know is that they didn't have to do it. You know, spirituality is a big piece. It's a huge component to, um, you know, giving back freely of what you find, you know, and, uh, and like they didn't, they didn't have to do it. And they, and, and, and they did, you know, they gave me the time, the energy, uh, a sense of direction, like just everything, uh, even just like clear cut directions on how to live life in sobriety. And, uh, and, and the more that I practice it, it became habit over a period of time. And, and what I found is like, I wanted, I I had an experience that changed my life. (laughs) Like alcoholism is a disease that centers in my mind and it passed the disease that centers in my thinking and it went straight into my heart. And I could never, I could never look at life the same way again, especially drugs and alcohol. You know, the, 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 the illusionary part of it is like that it did for me what I, what, what I, you know, it did for me what I thought it needed to do. But in reality, like, you know, I hear all the time, like alcohol worked until it didn't or drugs worked until it didn't. But in reality, if I look at it closely, like it worked on me and it, and it, and it did what it was supposed to do. It broke my spirit. You know, it it broke. I I see things differently from, for me, it saved my life because Mm. honestly, if I hadn't done, I, I, probably wouldn't be here right now. I was suicidal. Yeah. So I, I know that it did, it did do something to me. Unfortunately, yeah. that was where, where it was, but that's the truth. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, I have somewhat of the same, same view. Like if I didn't do it, like I, I yeah. could have seriously hurt myself. So a little bit of shift. Yeah. So we, we, I mean, you came into recovery, yeah. you did, you know, you obviously 12 step program mm-hmm. stuff because that's what you're talking my about. Life. You didn't end up there in your employment. So my question is about that, how you ended up in mental health as opposed to recovery. <laughs> so, um, and why did you seek? So I had a, 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 a very, like a, a seismic shift in the way that I think and the way that I, the way that I be. And, um, and like, I wanted somebody had helped me for free and I wanted to be able to give back to the communities that I had taken from for a long time. Um, and someone, you know, I was like recovery isn't beauty, you know, it isn't all, you know, happy go lucky and free and stuff. (laughs) Very little of it. I think I was, I might've been like a few, a few years sober and yeah. I, like, I didn't have a job. Like I was struggling hard, you know, collecting unemployment. Like I was, I was seeing somebody and, you know, I had, I had asked that person, like, you know, what, what is it that I should do? Or like, maybe there's this want, like I want to go to college or, you know, like I just, I, I didn't think too well of myself and that I didn't deserve like anything better than what, than what I had given myself. And, you know, she reminded me that, 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 that God provides and, uh, she had encouraged me to, 
apply to go to college and I didn't think that I'd get in. And, you know, I think it was out of 56 applicants and I, and I wrote my story. Um, that was, that was what I had. I had nothing except for a story. I didn't really have too much, you know? Um, and I submitted it and, and I, and I got accepted to Northern Vermont university (laughs) and, uh, it's, it's a trip, you know, it's a trip because like you don't, like alcoholism tells you that you can't right. do anything or you're not worth it. And uh, when you have people who are invested in recovery that like make suggestions that they're, they're not the benefactor of you right. getting anything, uh, like they don't get anything out of it. They just, they yeah. make the suggestions and you know that it comes from the heart. So I always, I, I became aware of that. Like if I went to school, this person yeah. may or may not benefit from me doing this, but like, it seemed like a good idea and, 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 you know, I prayed about it and, you know, lo and behold, three years later, like full-time father, full-time student, full-time job. Like I didn't think that I would ever make it, you know, to be able to like do this in a way and, and, and not like, I'm not here to change the trajectory of people's lives or, or tell them what they have to do with their lives. Like it, it it's more like, in improving the quality of their life and, and helping them process what they already know or what they're, what they're going through. Well, you're a great power of example that you can change. You can have goals. You can have a life. Set these goals, realistic goals, and, and not only get sober, but achieve them. Well, and what I've found is that once you do that one thing, that one positive movement toward something yeah. positive, then that momentum picks up. And people like you, I mean, I've watched a lot of people do that, go through. I I mean, I I can think of a couple people off the top of my head who've done something similar with somebody who's gotten like the GED and then people, you know, later on in life who aren't young, but who are now starting this whole process of recovery. And then, you know, one thing after another, and now they're doing things like, like that. Like, you know, you said you're sitting for your license test. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, it's about um, it's about changing everything. You know, I, I like I, I I love that saying. I I really do. I hung on to it, you know, by the skin of my teeth when I first got here. But um, the only thing that that I changed when I like washed up into recovery <laughs> and never up. was or not even has been. Um, the only thing that I changed um, was. I got down on my knees and I prayed to God. I didn't understand it. I, I prayed to a God that I didn't know, um, that was very foreign and alien to me. Yeah. Um, but I prayed and um, there was like some sort of sincerity backing it. It wasn't like a Hail Mary or, yeah. or anything like that. There was a sincerity that like I didn't, I didn't want to be the person that I had become. And... Uh, I just, I wanted like a chance and an opportunity to be able to be a better, you know, father and, you know, like I co-parent now and be a better co-parent and, you know, be able to just like emotionally regulate but myself. you did change. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you didn't, you did get on your knees, but you also did, you took 
positive action. Like you took right. steps to make things that, different. That's true. Like, that's true. Right. That's and true. That, it makes a big difference because when I heard that, you know, I got down on my knees and everything was better. Like that wasn't my experience. So yeah. I needed to hear people say like, this is what I did. You know, I took, right. I took positive specific action in, yeah. in what those actions. And that's, that's a good point, Gail, because you, you can't just stop drinking. You can't just stop music. And no. you can't rely on others to do it for you. Yeah, and people. It takes action. It's like it's backwards, you know, like our literature says, like when the spiritual malady is overcome, then we recover from body and mind. Mm. And, and, and a lot of people have it kind of twisted where like if they, they, you know, go to detox and they get it out of their, yeah. their body and then their brain clears up and then they can like, you know, pursue this, this spiritual mm. malady or this spiritual solution, you know, and... Um, and I, f I found that to be opposite. Like I, like I had to pursue some sort of spirituality and, and then hit a bottom, which removed me from the booze, which. Yes. And that, and that wasn't my experience at all. Yeah. Because I, I was clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was getting better, I think in some ways mentally, mm -hmm. but I was still doing the same things that I had done before same that. Way. Like my spiritual condition was still the same. I was still behaving in ways that were inconsistent with what I really valued. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't necessarily know that. So it took me a long time. I mean, seven and a half years before I had any kind of idea about spirituality or. Right. That's, that's what I love about recovery. Like, you know, I mean, you don't have to hit bottoms. You don't like, right. I, I know people that have never been traumatized in their entire life, had every opportunity and afforded every right. opportunity and, and drugs and alcohol took them away, right. you know? And then I've, you know, experienced and, and have seen and witnessed people recover from severely traumatic experiences, you know, sexually, yeah. emotionally, physical abuse, yeah. like, you know, financial, you know, poverty, like the whole nine. And right. it's never too late. I've seen people do it, you know. Well, that's the old point. Old people. You know, like <laughs> me. Me as well. No. I mean, when I first came in, I didn't do the program or I didn't do any program. I just didn't drink. Right. But but exactly what you said, Gail, is I was miserable. Yeah. I wasn't living and I didn't change one bit. My attitude and my, my behaviors were the same and I was just angry. But it wasn't until I did some work, I did do 12 steps. And by, by the way, I didn't do 12 steps the way it was laid out either. You know, and again, some people don't like 12 steps, but 12 steps gave me a direction and a path. Yeah, really, it's, um, it's about, it's about creating an open, like, like asking for an opportunity and recognizing the opportunity to just like, just enter the idea, the possibility that like, I can't do this on my own. Maybe somebody can help me in some way and you know it, it, it's funny because like when you get you, you you get to you know the 12 steps and you do the the 12 steps like what happens after the 12 steps like how do you enlarge your spiritual life after the 12 steps and you know people go into individual therapy emdr do cbt dbt you know there's there's multi, you know smart recovery dharma punks buddhism there's a bunch of aspects to spirituality like in reality it's all it's all reality it's like spirit reality reality is spirit but right. until you come to this 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 aha moment or whatever it is like 
all you have to do is be willing to take a, a certain set of directions and just like open the door just a tiny bit. And, and once, once it's open, um, it's, it's just like floodgates. Like you, you, you'll just, well, like I talked about that momentum. And what I know today is that the reason, and for all of us sitting yeah. here and for all the people we've had, like yeah. we had stuff to do, you know, we, right. we had to do this because we had stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Like there was, so that's what it I like really a, try to impress upon other people. Right. Like they're, we're here for a reason because I always felt like I was worthless. Like there was nothing. I was not here to contribute anything. I was just yeah here. And, and I like what you said too about not doing this alone and people should know that they, we talk about it all the time. You don't have to do this alone because every time I see you, Chris, even today, you have a group, which is awesome to see. You have a group that you could see are helping each other and supporting each other. And that's important too. Yeah. I, I like what Gail just mentioned about like, we have stuff to do. Like we're, we're, we live hard, we work hard, we play hard. Uh, but if we fall into this, you know, alcoholism and drug addiction, we die hard. Um, but there's, there's this thing where I've been thinking about, it's like, it's like everything that drove me to drink, right? Everything that drove me to use the way that I, I needed to use to be okay. Um, all of that stuff, you know, the, you know, the parents, the brothers, you know, the loneliness, the, the financial insecurity, the, the, the life responsibility, being a dad, being a husband, all that stuff. Um, all that stuff that I found drove me to drink is, is, has now become the same stuff to stay sober. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's and people talk point. about, you know, think about your last one, whatever. Yeah. I think about what I have in the future, mm. not, that's what keeps me going, not right. what I might have in the past or what, what I could go back to because I don't, you're not dwelling on it. I don't think about it all. Right. It's not even yeah, consideration. Yeah, say that? It gave me an epiphany. I haven't been dwelling on that either. Mm. But again, part of that is the action piece. Because we're moving action. forward. Right, because I just don't, my recovery isn't, okay, I did, like Chris said, I don't just do the 12 steps and stop. It's an ongoing process, isn't it? Well, that's yeah. what it says, continued, right? We right. continue. Yeah. I mean, we... For a lifetime. Exactly. But there are a lot of people that don't believe in 12 steps. And, but, and, and that's all right. You know, yeah. um, what I found is like, you know, spirituality isn't for everybody. I mean, you know, there's, there's this thing, convenient spirituality, where like you, you know, hold the door and, you know, yeah. have your P's and Q's and thank yous and all that stuff. And, but then there's like the stuff that, you know, us as alcoholics, or at least for me, like I'm called upon to do uh, so that I'm able to like, help somebody, right. you know, find a relationship with something greater than themselves. Being connected. Being connected. Yeah. Connection. You know, that's what we, we've talked about. I mean, we talk about it every time pretty much because that's what we always do. Yeah. It's all, we, all about, right? Yeah. I mean. Question. I always ask this. Recovery equals what? What would you say? In a very short period of time because yeah, we, we are running out of time. Yeah. I mean, recovery equals a path to love. I love that. Mm. I love that it's love. Love, you my, know, my love thyself, love thy neighbor. Mine too. Absolutely. Love life. And I've been watching this guy, you know, give away free watch on free watches on Facebook. And he says, love your journey. And uh, wow. you have to love your past to be able to live in your present so that you can love in the present yeah. and hope for love manifestation in the future. It's, it's quite a, it's quite a journey.
What about forgiveness? But I guess that might be another topic. Another show. I guess we're in a group yeah. on forgiveness. Forgiveness is self radical. Forgiveness. Self forgiveness. Yeah. Because you have shame until you don't. Until you have. Right. Exactly. I mean, also, there's twelve steps, and then there's you know, there's radical forgiveness, and then radical acceptance. Yeah. You know, and they're they're concepts that I'm still working on today. You know. But the bottom line is, please. Seek support. Seek support in any way, shape, or form. There's there's an avenue, and it's you know recovery is dark and mysterious sometimes. Um, but once w- once you enter upon the threshold, there will be hundreds of thousands of people waiting to extend their hand um, because somebody did it for them. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, we want to thank you for it. Uh, participating in our show is really a pleasure. Really, thanks, Tom. Thanks. And I always have to thank Gail. She's yeah. Thank you. Best so, co-host. <laughs> so I just want to thank you, and please continue to turn in, tune into our show. Um, also, seek resources if you need assistance. If you are in crisis, please dial nine one one. If in New Hampshire you are looking to seek services, please call two one one. And if you are suicidal please call 988 and um, the Suicide in Crisis line. Don't forget to ask for help, seek support, and please do not do this recovery thing alone. Thank you again for tuning in. opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't.